Ladies, gentlemen, and podcast fans around the world, welcome back to Better Than Most Things with your hosts, Sean and Max. Hey! Hello! Thank you very much, Ha-ha. Producer Mystery. Thank you! <laughs> Do you guys go to music festivals at all? No. Not lately, but I've been to like two or 30. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I don't go to much music things, related things, really. Yeah, neither do I. Not, yeah. not necessarily my scene. I don't understand the whole sitting versus standing stuff because there's chairs usually there and you sit, but then as soon as the music starts, everyone stands. But if you're sitting, basically it forces you to stand, right? Because you have to stand because the person in front of you is standing. So now it's like you're standing when there's a perfectly good chair and music's supposed to be listened to, not looked at. So anyway, the whole thing is ridiculous. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Okay. <laughs> So a study published in the journal Environmental Research suggests that music festivals could be damaging to the ecosystem. Oh, wow. More evidence. They I, suck. And uh, kind of a bummer here, but uh, specifically the attendees pee. Really? Yeah. Shouldn't it be in a porta pate? It should be, yes. But how many times <laughs> are you out in the wild and you just take a piss? I have done it. They're all on drugs, too. I mean, let's be That's real. That's true. Drug, drug fil- drug-filled pee. Yeah, well, and that's the real crux of this is the drugs in the pee that are being put into the ecosystem. Oh, really? Yeah. Which ones in particular? <laughs> all of them? Just all the drugs? Well, this particular research targeted uh, the UK's Glastonbury Festival in 2019. Okay. And uh, they tested waters upstream and downstream of a nearby uh, White Lake River. People are peeing in the river, bro. Well, not necessarily peeing in the river, but okay. just, you know, peeing and then the runoff. Trickle down effect. Yeah, it all makes its way to the river anyways, and bada bing. So they tested Wait, upstream. Pee on the ground, it makes its way to a river? Everything. You, you know about the water cycle. I, yeah. Everything We're makes in its the way same class, right? to the ocean. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but like, I feel like the if I pee against a tree, it goes into the tree magically. It doesn't go into some... Well, That's it not a lot of <laughs> Okay, sorry. <laughs> I mean, how much? How far is this pee penetrating? Yeah, it's not like a rainforest of pee. I mean, rainforest. Of rain, when downfall. it's drug pee, you never know. I well, guess. I mean, and plus, okay. that's a good that's a good point in that maybe you, the individual, aren't making much of a difference. But a whole, but a whole gaggle whole of, of drug induced uh, music attendees. Yeah, PP. Play, play. So they tested the waters upstream, downstream, and they tested the waters before, during, and after the music oh, festival. Geez. This year, oh, like, so they were anticipating this. Well, right. So they, you know, they really wanted to get a nice control, figure out what's going on here. And what they found was the weekend after the festival, they found alarmingly high traces of MDMA and cocaine in the water. Mm-hmm. Cocaine about right. and ecstasy waters. <laughs> Is MDMA ecstasy? Isn't it's it? it's in ecstasy. Yeah, you can also do pure MDMA, which is called Molly. Oh, okay. um, but pure MDMA doesn't stick together, so it has to be in a capsule. I learned all this from my friend. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, your friend. <laughs> all right, science. <laughs> science. Yeah. So, uh, and why is this damaging to the ecosystem? Because all the fish are on cocaine, bro. They're just like ah, and like eating way more bugs than they should be. Pretty much. Is that really? Where yeah. was this Nuh-uh. again? I'm oh, sorry. I just was assuming. This was in uh, the UK. UK. Glastonbury. So like they're coke-fueled. Maybe all the fish are fucking on the ecstasy? Little like ex- little cocaine <laughs> ecstasy-fueled fish orgy? Well, the MDMA has a different effect on some of this stuff than the cocaine. Okay. So the MDMA was found in levels that were damaging to uh, the local European eel, which is endangered. Fuck them anyway. 
Whoa. Oh, well. <laughs> oh like you know him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry to the eel. Sorry. So with that one, the MDMA did affect its uh, <laughs> reproductive cycle. Oh. So oh. they were maturing uh, slower, which threw off the whole cycle. And so, you know, it's oh, just dear. not good. It was stunting their sex growth. Pretty much. Okay. Like late bloomers all around. Mm-hmm. And nobody's getting laid in that situation. Fuck. Yeah. So... The cocaine so specifically they had to add some cocaine to it to, <laughs> to balance it out. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna be amped up a bit. Uh, they said the cocaine didn't really have much of an effect on the eels. It was just the MDMA, mm-hmm. but the cocaine does affect the smaller life forms in there. Okay, interesting. Um, what do they call it? They called it a uh, crustaceans, Daphne or something. Daphne. Oh. I don't know how to say that. Either way, Daphne. Some some <laughs> sort of tiny. Other microscopic organism like algae or some shit plankton. that uh yeah some plankton that um bacteria it, it the article said it made them live at like 50 percent capacity meaning oh like they die too well they moved 50 percent slower they thought 50 percent slower they oh, reacted 50, yeah like everything wow. was cut across the board so cocaine made them is a downer for them for sure <laughs> i guess <laughs> so is this stuff cocaine <laughs> Yeah. So as long as they're, the, the big takeaway was this, as long as there are humans taking drugs and peeing, pharmaceuticals are likely to be leaking into the surrounding ecosystem. Because this is a problem that they find with uh, women taking um, birth control pills. Mm-hmm. And the amount of hormones that are in those are processed through the body and peed out and then sent to, you know, the uh, places where those the hormones shouldn't be, I guess. Yeah. They're led into the ocean and they affect the, the ecosystem there because you're introducing, you know, different levels of, uh, I don't want to say toxins, but just pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So the, sea, so the seahorses can't get pregnant either now. If, <laughs> they should be. I mean, that is a real concern. I like seahorses. Motherfucker. So I hope you don't have this one. We were talking about you possibly having some space-related one. This is this is space-related. NASA, you've heard of them. I have. Um, NASA? So there's a branch of NASA um, that's called the Institute for Advanced Concepts. Okay. And do you have that? No. Um, I mean, that name is like a big fucking whatever. Nyack. How about that? Okay. Nyack. It's called Nyack. Okay. Fucker. Actually, I thought it was really cool. You don't like that name? The Institute of Advanced Concepts. Yeah, what does it mean? It's not like the Institute of Rockets. Like, it's not like, <laughs> what oh, does I anything understand that. mean. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Words only mean what we assign the meaning to. Okay. Anyway, so it's a branch of NASA, and they occasionally hand out funding to worthy projects trying to tackle basically some of the challenges of space flight. So I think they, they read all these ideas. And they go, that sounds fun. Here's some money. Work on it more. Interesting. And that's kind of like their job type of deal. And I actually heard about the uh, – I'm not sure if it's this particular branch, but I'm assuming it was. When I was doing it a long time ago, there was some – NASA was asking everyone, what's a good way to unload the the lander, one of the lunar landers or something? And that was like the project. I almost did it on the show, and then we never did. But <laughs> Unload the lunar lander from some sort of like rocket – system that yeah, would land was, there I, i'm not even sure it was something just a, an efficient way to like get all the payload out of the shuttle or out of the whatever yeah okay and they're open up they're trying to find ideas and so for here's an idea for um for how to land on surfaces like the moon or mars or something like that so this uh team this um Maston team there it's called Maston space systems they came up with a way for a lunar lander that could deposit it, it deposit its own landing pad on the way down huh so as because like you know all these like reusable rockets now they're kind of they're blasting off with all the chemicals and then they slowly come down and land on their yeah they land horizontally or, yeah, exactly yeah, horizontally yeah, yeah. or excuse me vertically mm-hmm. 
Vertically, thank you. Thank you. Vertical Limit. That's how I remember. Every time I go, Vertical <laughs> Limit, that shitty movie. Okay, Vertical Limit. <laughs> Every time. Just like ABCs. I have to sing the whole fucking song. Oh, my God. So, anyway, so lunar dust poses a significant problem to pretty much everything when you're, like, with all the human-made stuff, like, and even the ship blasting off and landing, all this dust getting kicked up everywhere. Yeah. We've talked about the dust before on the moon, how it's, like, this... It's sticky and it, it permeates. Yeah, and like it's if you so see them fall, fine. they come back and they're all just full of this dust and it gets back in the lander and you can't even have breadcrumbs in there and then you have all this bullshit in there. So it's a big deal. So they're thinking if they have like a, a landing pad would lessen the impact of this dust and provide a more stable place for landing itself. And uh, But uh, using traditional materials right now, it's going to cost $120 million just to build a, some type of landing pad up there on the moon. And then they mentioned they likened it to the chicken and the egg thing where like how do you – Blast a bunch of shit on there to get on the moon to make a landing pad when you need a landing pad to get the stuff on the yeah. moon in the first place. Okay. So, so this guy will shoot his own landing pad down. Yes, through the exhaust. Have, the exhaust okay. will actually create the landing pad right before you land. What does that mean? Like it's some sort of chemical reaction that creates a pad down there? Like like what's that toothpaste and uh, Mentos and sure it makes all that foam shit, and, you know? yeah, yeah exactly there you go um, like kind of he, he they're they're trying to find a, a a pellet basically they're they're adding solid pellets into the rocket exhaust would allow the material to partially liquefy and deposit onto the exhaust blast zone potentially hardening into a to a point where dust is no longer a factor as it is encapsulated into a hard external shell very cool basically like think of like that chocolate sauce that like hot fudge sauce like sauce you put on ice cream that makes that hard shell like instantly or whatever i think it's something like that like i, I like it to like a traeger grill you know those, those pellets you smoke with uh-huh. I, I bet you where they're landing the ship the last thing like pull the pellets and they pull it at the right time and then the pellets melt into the fuel and go blah, 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 and all this weird plaster or something lands and mixes with the dust on some level and makes this instant landing pad thing it totally reminds me of like alien technology like if yes you, if you're thinking about like aliens with sigourney weaver like yes it, it kind of reminds me of that it, it, yeah it wouldn't be something that we would normally design with flat surfaces and you know hard edges and everything yeah, like, this is more kind of organic i was thinking that same thing too where like it's not going to be all like a sidewalk we're all perfect it's no. just going to be like there it is like maybe you could sand it down a little bit but still it's like it's just something against all that like it's a it's a sea of dust on the moon, right? Like, uh-huh. remember on Game of Thrones, they were talking about like a sea of wheat or something. Like the, like on the the horse people, they live in like they say the world is grass and blah blah blah. Well, on the moon, the world is all this dust crap, and so just having even like a rock or something that's above it would be essential. So just just these pellets would be awesome. So that's just one of these ideas coming out of this think tank? For sure. And they, they're they being funded by NASA. So they're trying to figure out, you know, kind of how to do it. So Because obviously if you had if these pellets had too much heat tolerance, uh, they wouldn't melt uh, properly in, in the rocket exhaust. And they would, also, they would bombard the surface with bullets. So if they didn't melt enough. Oh, and then if okay. they basically, if they melted too easily, basically they would just vaporize and be useless. So they had to find that, like, perfect ratio. And so here's a lot of scientific shit of what they're trying to do. I'll just I'll just read it really quick. You figure out what it is. So it's like basically they they, they develop a two tiered system with relatively large 0.5 millimeter alumina particles used to create a base layer of one millimeter of melted lunar surface combined with alumina. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's more, but that's basically <laughs> yeah. And like long story short, they're trying to like throw these pellets in there, and it's going to create like a basically like a landing pad. That this one says six uh, meters diameter, but. This might have been the test one so far, too, because this is not, you know, scalable, functional yet. This is still just like a proof of 
concept thing, which they are saying it's proving the idea is feasible. It's still in phase one, early phase one. But let's pretend they – oh, I said the stuff cooled in 2.5 seconds too in in that test or whatever the fuck they're doing. So, again, I don't know if that's how long it would take in a real thing, if it was a spaceship landing on the moon. Yeah. But if all these things continue, they could maybe – there could be a way – when we land on the moon or the Mars or something to make your own landing pads. And I like how the article mentions like they could be landing pads all over the place. They could just land there. They could land there. And they'd just be little all these little pads. And then I guess someone can maybe add to them and make that a permanent one. Or- well that's what I'm thinking. Like you you send your one rocket up with its supplies and it creates its own landing pad and then it takes off later and bada bing, you know, you still have this janky something. landing pad <laughs> yeah. sitting there. So your next rocket you send down like next to it. So Ooh. they kind of get like a Venn diagram overlap of landing pads. And eventually you build out these landing pads. And now you can send your mega rocket to land there or your other rockets that don't need to For disperse sure. landing pads. And then you, you can know. like golf there with like those ships are there on the landing pads. Maybe put like a hole out there. Yeah, maybe. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be. All right. So I got another space one now that we're on space. Okay. Um, scientists have discovered life creating particles. In dust rings where planets form. Well, that's good. Right? Right? That's kind of fun. Life particles in dust rings where planets form. Because planets form from dust rings or disks and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, planets aren't just popped into existence, right? (laughs) No way. uh, I was just like historic, though. uh, What happens to happen is the sun has to pull enough, the star has to pull enough particles and stuff into orbit of itself. And then those things start to gravitate towards one another and start to form planets. Coalesce into an object. Yeah. So this story comes from the Astrophysical Journal Supplement Series. It's a long fucking... I love that series. All of these journal names, I'll tell you what, they need some snappier writers. For these I, titles. I thought journals were supposed to be something you like wrote your personal thoughts like I love Jessica. What is all these science nerds writing all their science <laughs> facts in it? Should they be like essays or science essays? What is it? Journals. In my journal, I proved Einstein was wrong. Like, who does that in their journal? I think you're onto something Thank there. You. Why don't you take it up with the scientific Why don't you write a journal? Here's, here's about my it. science diary. Dear diary, this scientist was mean <laughs> to me today, but I proved his theory wrong in my journal portion of the <laughs> I think that's exactly how it goes down. It's an essay, dog. Anyway. So sometimes scientists believe that certain molecules are necessary to be present for things like RNA and DNA to be created. And they were searching for these particles in particular. In the clouds. Yeah. And so um, they detected them, which is fun. And uh, these scientists studied five solar systems with young stars and planets yet to be formed. Uh Four of the five systems had molecules in abundance. In abundance. In abundance. That's that's positive. Right? And the molecules, if you're wondering, are cyanothemina and acetonitratic <laughs> and cyclopurpurinin. <laughs> what is that? What was that other article we talked about a long time ago? Like this scientists use fluff words on purpose when they don't know that I'm about dark matter. That's right. Dark matter. That's it. Dark matter. Uh, So lead author, Dr. John Lee, quote, he says, our analysis shows that the molecules are primarily located in the inner regions with abundances between 10 and 100 times higher than models had predicted. 
So they predicted that these molecules existed within these dust clouds, but when they actually stopped to examine them, mm -hmm. they found that they were 10 to 100 times more abundant. I wonder how these molecules, like, are they saying these are the molecules that led to our life? Because I, cause I always, you always hear sometimes like meteorites hitting too, but at the same time, those meteorites are probably made of the same shit. And the, yeah, the yeah. article went on to uh, say that as well. Oh, okay. Because if everything is made of these these dust clouds eventually yeah. and these particles are in the dust clouds there's a good chance they could be held within the uh, asteroids as well Inter there you go so pretty much everything has life-giving properties on it yeah yeah i think the you know it's still kind of theorized Theorized. that these particles are essential for life as we know it life as we know it. but i think it's been proven that they certainly help create life couldn't hurt so yeah, because it was a bit, it was a bit, you know, sketchy. They didn't just straight up say like, it, definitely life-producing molecules found. Like it was just kind of like life will definitely form on these planets. Yeah, we found some stuff that could help produce life, and here it is, for sure. Uh, um, he also goes on to say these large complex organic molecules are found in various environments throughout space. Uh, laboratory and theoretical studies have suggested that these molecules are the raw ingredients for building molecules that are essential components in biological chemistry on Earth, creating sugars, amino acids, and even the components of RNA. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> he did specify that. Mountain Dew was there, too. Said he's a Dew man. <laughs> so all of that's fun, right? Cool. What was super interesting to me is at the very end of this article, there's just like a little snippet about how they used, uh, what's it called? It's called the Atacama Large Millimeter Submillimeter Array. I was wondering how they detected it in the first place. I'm assuming it was a light shift thing or? I don't necessarily have that information, okay. how they deciphered these molecules from the rest of the dust cloud, but um, they used this ALMA to do it. Mm -hmm. And through whatever methods, whatever algorithms or light shifts or whatever, yeah. um, they now believe that with a little more study and a little more honing, they can detect these molecules on a grander level attached to life. So DNA, RNA, something living. Oh, they're saying they think they if if DNA or if DNA and RNA were on something, they could detect it. Possibly. Possibly if they if they calibrate it better. Yes. When's that James Webb thing going, dog? Is that the new uh, Hubble? Yeah. Yeah. That's it, dude. That, that's going to turn on day one, and then it's just going to be like, aliens are everywhere. Oh, my God. It's going to happen. <laughs> I've been hearing some good stuff about that. I can't wait for that guy. Dude, me too. I just wanted to go down first. Let's talk about it on the show when it's when it's up there. Right, <laughs> like, I don't, right. want to, I don't want some... It's going to go great. I mean, because the Hubble, what is what? It's got to be 30 years old, at least? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I want to say it was launched say 20, before though. 2000, right? Although, I'm... Let's see. No, I'd say 20. That's still old. All right, Probably 10, honestly. Gentlemen's bet. Just... Let's go around the room. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying 20. How old do you think the Hubble telescope is? You're... Okay. How old uh, is it? 40 years. 40? All right. I'd I'm going to go 20. 30. And it was... Ooh, April 24th, 1990 is when it was launched. Oh. 30 is like almost right on the dot, right? right? Uh, fuck you. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I think you're all cool as shit. Whatever. For some reason, I thought it was like the 80s or 70s. I don't know. 
I thought it was, I guess, I guess I thought it was the nineties, but the nineties doesn't feel 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So I found that super interesting. It, you know, obviously I liken all space stories to Star Trek mm-hmm. and in Star Trek, you know, they can detect life anywhere, everywhere and through fucking planets. Means. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is just kind of one of those. I love the stories where it's like use light to determine something that uh, is usually very a very invasive process. Mm-hmm. Instead of cutting someone open, now we can shoot a light at you and determine you have a broken bone. Exactly. You know, just all that kind of advances in technology. That reminds Love me, it. like we've done st- uh, stories too. Like they find like you know nebulas full of booze and stuff, right? So like they, they're detecting <laughs> all sorts of stuff out there just through the shifts of the lights and pretty much the sound it makes too. The sound? Yeah, it's oh. like radio astronomy, basically. Yeah. So maybe it's some combo of that. That's how they figure it out. I, I don't know. I, I guess wish I was that smart. Yeah, again, space <laughs> and prison. Two places you really sure. have to be industrious. For sure, dude. We got to combine those worlds. Space prison. Totally. It's just the ultimate think tank. <laughs> space prison. I'm sending you to space prison. You got to come up with a new <laughs> the propulsion system. think tank. Some of the smartest people <laughs> reside know. in space prison. And some of those dangerous, too. <laughs> um, do you guys Have you guys ever lucid dreamt or done lucid dreaming? That's when you know you're dreaming and you control the dream? I think so, yes. No, for I'm lack very of jealous. Term. I feel like I've sometimes maybe had a little control, but I don't think I've actually lucid dreamt, like, for the full yeah, effect. as far it. as I know, I don't think I have like, either. Like, sometimes I'm like, I'm dreaming, I want to go here, and I do, or I want to go in my pockets, and I do, but, like, from what I've heard about lucid dreaming, I don't think I've ever Yeah, yeah, like that. people who claim to have done it, it's always like, I'm flying. They can fly, and, exactly. And doing whatever yeah. I want, and I know exactly it's happening, and blah, 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 blah. Isn't there some wild shit you have to go through to, like, bring it out, basically? Like, you have to stare at a mirror for, like, three hours? There are, like, techniques, oh, wow. supposedly, to help <laughs> it along. I think that's over-exaggerated. There are techniques, supposedly, to help it along, and I know one we talked about on the show was the black dot technique yes. on your hand, where you, you draw a black dot on your palm of your hand, and every time you look at it, you ask yourself, am I dreaming? And you go, no, I'm not. Okay. And then you live your life or whatever, and then you do it every time. So supposedly, if you're in a dream, and then you look at your hand and the dot's not there, it'll trigger that am I dreaming question, which will jumpstart your whatever the fuck, supposedly. Right. Can I replace the dot with like a face tattoo? Would yes, I think, I think that'd be cool. That'd <laughs> yeah. be cool. Okay. Like a little skull thing or something, like a flower. Oh, I was thinking face tattoo, like Mike Tyson. Oh, I thought about like a, when you said face tattoo, I just assumed like a face on your hand still. <laughs> like, <laughs> Smiley face on my hand. Yeah, so I was like, that's cool. Yeah, but no, you've like on your face. I see. <laughs> I guess, was, yeah, the same principle would apply, right? Just be like, am I dreaming? No, that's my face. <laughs> Shit. Um, so this study was about lucid dreaming and uh, a way to promote it. And, and uh, here we go. So I can't really pronounce. I'm going to pull a Sean pronunciation. I can't even say pronunciation. Yeah, there you go. So there you go. Perfect. That's there how you say it. So. Dab, 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 dab. <laughs> so this is out of Hawaii. And uh, they're investigating chemicals known as acetylcholinesterase inhibitors. Um, <laughs> and, or A-C-H-E-L-S for short. And we'll call it that from now on. And this, these inhibitors supposedly promote lucid dreaming. And uh, basically, uh, this neurotransmitter... Acetylcholine is thought to help REM sleep, and this inhibitor thing somehow creates an enzyme that supposedly creates the lucid dreaming. Supposedly, in their thoughts, blah blah. blah. Huh. I know. So that's that's like kind of the pre till here's the actual story. But that's her. Like here's this is what they're studying. Supposedly, this drug supposedly does this. And so there's a Alzheimer uh, drug called uh, galantamine, and it basically has all these. Chemicals I just mentioned to you and have very mild side of side effects. So they use this galantamine 
on 121 participants to see the effect of the drug if it had any ability to recall lucid dreaming. And do okay. Anything. And so they did this. And uh, these weren't volunteers. They were people. They, they called them enthusiasts with an established interest in lucid dreaming. So I wonder if that means that maybe that like sways the study, right? It's like there are people who are like trying to do it possibly, but. No, but at the end of the day, you, they still volunteered. The fuck does that mean? They're not they're they're held against their will for this study. Like, I don't know. I just, I just said because this was like they're volunteers. No, they're volunteers, but they're also they're not everyday volunteers. They're enthusiasts who are looking into it. Uh-huh. So in my mind, it means like they're what, biased. I think they're biased in my yeah. mind. So just put that with a grain of salt too. But uh, so over three consecutive nights, the participants took uh, increasing doses of the galantamine drug, and so they started with the placebo. Then four milligrams the next night, and then eight milligrams the, the last night. So each night, the participants woke uh, four point five hours after lights out and practiced their dream induction techniques, which I'm not quite sure what that is because I clicked on. I think that's Mr. E is staring for three hours in a mirror. I, I, I have a feeling it's probably because the dot in your hand. Because the idea too that they wake up, I think it's part of it too. Because like, have you ever like? I think I I usually dream before when I like wake up and go back to sleep. Then the dream kind of happens, uh-huh. right? It's uh-huh. not like so. It's part of this when the REM bullshit and when you dream and all that stuff happens. So I think that's why they wake them up four point five hours, take their pill, their lucid dream pill, do their whatever technique yoga shit, and then go back to sleep. And then so the combination of the technique compared with the Alzheimer's medication seemed to trigger lucid dreaming in some of the people. And so they said um, the uh, with the placebo. 14% reported a lucid dream already. So those 14 guys are liars or they just maybe but placebo is actually a really powerful drug. Have you ever looked into it like even you 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 feel better even if I tell you it's a placebo you feel better better uh-huh. if you take it. So anyway, 14% did it then. But then the next night 27% said they got a lucid dream and then the next one it rose to 42% on the 8 milligrams. And so a total of 69 out of the 121 people or 57% of the total participants successfully had a lucid dream at least one of the two nights on an active dose of the galantamine. Supposedly. I wish there were random people and not lucid dreaming enthusiasts, but supposedly on this drug, it, it's a, and doing all those other techniques, it could be a way to trigger some sort of lucidity in your dreamlike state. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to fly? In your lucid dream, I was gonna ask you, like, what do you want to do? I feel like I'd be like, I sit there like, what? I, it's GTA world. You're you're playing GTA in your head, and you, you're like, yeah. I'm gonna summon people just to murder them. Then like, that's how I play GTA. It's it's a big murder. I mean, machine. it's either sex or flying. Which one are you going to? I don't know, but then it's like, are you fucking yourself? Who do you envision then? And then it's never. I'd probably fly. How about that? Fly is easier. <laughs> I just fly. Probably I'd fly. I'd probably do space stuff. Honestly, fly in space and like oh, but ah. I still don't believe in lucid dreaming. In that like, I don't think you can control it fully. Like, if you're lucid dreaming, you're just like sitting there like magic powers grow out of the dirt, <laughs> flowers everywhere. Like, Agreed. Fuck you. That's not happening. Like, if it was like that, waking up would be the shittiest fucking thing in yeah, the world. Right? <laughs> you came exactly. from a world like, that like exactly where, where it. it's like we could do anything. Like, what the fuck ever. But I think it's more like you probably. You know, because dreams are fucking weird. Anyone I've ever kind of almost remembered, there's like, I remember one from like a bajillion years ago. It was like there was a tiger in my grandpa's backyard. And I was like, oh no, he's going to kill my grandpa or something. Uh-huh. Like, okay, whatever. What I think the lucid dream is like, what if that dream was happening? And then I go look at the dot of my hand and go, oh, am I having a dream? Oh yeah, there is no tiger in the backyard. And then there'd be a tiger in the backyard and I could probably control maybe the tiger. I think he'd turn him into a cheetah or, or give him or all something. But, like, I, yeah, but even that, I don't think it'd be like, poof, you're a cheetah now. And poof, I'm flying away. Bye, bitches. <laughs> poof, there's two bitches here. Like, that just seems too perfect. I bet you're still like construct, like, dream is not 
that like <laughs> and, and then this exactly happens you know it's, it's, it's fucking supposed to be weird so it's only one but i bet you lucid dreaming is just like you remember a lot of it a lot of it and maybe you and you're just aware of it and you're not like like you know sometimes there's a dream there's a narrative of the dream what if you all of a sudden you're aware like i'm well I'm, what am i doing i'm like revisiting the time i got beaten up in high school for for doing something like what the hell like then i'm gonna beat him up or and then something like that but I doubt you could just like change the setting, change the characters, change the this. But who knows? No. But they they're saying this protocol is one of the most effective methods for inducing lucid dreams known to date. But you know, uh, oh yeah, you should not experiment with galantamine. By the way, <laughs> they're saying that do not experiment with galantamine. Do not experiment with galantamine. Uh, ask your doctor if galantamine is right for you. Uh, but um, yeah, but you know, once there's more more research is done, maybe this could be like a way like we all take some. Let's all have a fucking galantamine party, bro. And then you all eat. Then we all just go to sleep, I guess. We all just go to sleep. <laughs> I just go to sleep. Talk about our dreams in the morning. Like, fuck. Over breakfast. Oh like some God. fucking lucid dream. Lucid dream breakfast. So exciting. But uh, so one of the researchers, a cognitive neuroscientist named Benjamin Baird of the University of Wisconsin, he, recalling one of his own experiences with galantamine, said, as I ran my hand along a brick wall, I could feel the coarse texture and the outline of the individual bricks. Ooh. It's like going into the holodeck in Star Trek where you can have any imaginable experience you choose. Yep. But yeah, yep. I, that part I just sit there and go, okay, I bet you can, but <laughs> I bet it's still, yeah, there's, on, there's, there's limits. On his way to the whorehouse, he felt the bricks. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's like, yeah, these bricks are real. I'm in a, like, that still would be a great lucid dream, right? Like, if you're having like an uncontrolled whorehouse dream, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, lucid dream time. Whoa, I'm in a dream. I'm, Dream whores. Okay, let's let's go. But like, I don't think you could change it. And like, I'm gonna burn it down now. And oh, I don't think. <laughs> well, it's about that time for our game. What's better than most is our weekly debate game where we randomly choose two subjects, then our judge puts a spin on it, and our other two contestants debate it. This week we have a very special one. I think we both know the subject material well, and it is aliens like xenomorphs. Okay. Versus predator. Oh, oh wow. if you don't know, both are based off sci-fi movies, kind of off of each other. Aliens are very dangerous, uh, well, for lack of a better word, aliens out there that <laughs> uh, people run into that are very scary and extremely dangerous. And the Predator is also an alien life form who is the greatest predator in all the galaxies and also hunts the xenomorphs. So we'll see how I put a spin on this when I come back, when we come back. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. So as you know, before we went to the break, I gave us our prompt, which was alien, like the xenomorph versus predator. So I'm going to give, I didn't even think about this part yet. I'll give host Sean. He's pretty good with both of these, actually. So I'll I give him a uh, fair amount. I'll give him xenomorphs, so the aliens. Yes. Yes. And I'll give host Max the predator. I knew way more about those. I mean, not much, but. <laughs> so you guys know me by now. My props are usually pretty straightforward and to the point. So this one's pretty easy. All right. I think I will have host. Hmm. I let Max go sec second last time. And I think he took it. Because when he has time to think, he's good. I'll make host Max go second again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Damn it. Okay. Oh, Sean goes first. Not to be a bitch, but yeah, I have gone first for the past like six games. <laughs> I was saying, like, I've been over. Yay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's the prompt. And remember, host Sean, you'll have one minute. The prompt is Whose prison gang would you rather join? An alien, A prison gang of aliens, xenomorphs, or a prison gang of predators? 
Okay. Are they in the same prison together? Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's great. I should have included that. <laughs> okay. Great idea. So let me get my clock ready. All right. Here we go. Oh, Sean, you'll go first. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Your one minute starts now. All right. What do we know about prison? We know that in every prison, somebody's going to get raped, right? What do we know about the Alien franchise? It's pretty much an allegory for rape. So would you rather be on the receiving end or the giving end of that <laughs> rape? You know what I mean? Like, neither is ideal, but if you had to pick, you probably want to be on the giving end, right? Mm-hmm. Um And think about what do predators have to offer in prison? They're not going to have their guns and stuff. The most you're going to get is a shank from some tough guy. That's prison in general. Like so, whatever with that. Like, what do they what do they offer? Like, oh, I'm I'm good at stalking my prey in these concrete, tiny, closed areas. You're not going to be able to use uh, your cloaking device or any of that shit. Like, so that's out. Um, Plus. Aliens have a queen, probably the only female you'll see in prison. Huh? Five seconds. Like, I think that's a huge plus. <laughs> Any female in prison is a plus. <laughs> your time's up. Host Max, your one minute starts now. For some reason, I just want to say I think predators have a cloaca, so they can't, <laughs> so, so they can't be raped, okay? So no one's raping their cloacas. <laughs> All right? They're going to keep them safe. They have cloaca shields. <laughs> so fuck you. Um, and then their prison shakes would be badass. Predator prison shakes would be so cool. Like, cause I'm assuming they get stripped of all their – it's a prison. They don't get anything. So they're stripped of all their clothing and shit. But here's the real thing. What's what's bad about prison, but almost the good thing about prison is you learn things in prison, right? Don't you go to prison next day like on a tax fraud thing? You come out like knowing how to embezzle and <laughs> steal a boat and stuff because you learn things. You can't communicate with aliens. You can't talk to them. So the prompt is whose prison gang would you rather be in? I'd rather be a gang full of predators so I could talk to the predators eventually once I learn their languages versus an alien. That, they're just going to ah, all wet and hissing at you and throwing acid at you. Like, <laughs> how are you supposed to even do anything with them? Like, they're just, they're they have their own mind of their Ten own. Seconds. There's no queens in this scenario. I'm assuming the queens are all dead, and I don't want to be an alien queen. I, I'd be the Predator Gang, for sure, you know? I'd I'm learn done. all their tech. <laughs> all right. There's always a 30-second rebuttal. Oh, Sean, you have 30 seconds starting now. Well, first of all, uh, it doesn't matter if you can communicate. They're accepting you into their gang. It's like dogs. You know, you still kind of recognize what a dog is up to. You can still communicate with it. Uh, and I think aliens would give better hugs. Yeah, than a than a predator. I think that's true. Um, uh, just think about how how industrious it would be to have an Ten alien seconds. on your side. Like instead of climbing the stairs, they're just going to grab your collar and just climb you up the wall. And you know you're not going to have them do much. They're 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 so industrious and they never sleep. Time's and- up. Host Max. 30 seconds starting now. Well, first of all, one predator can kill so many aliens. So if on badass factor alone, a, a group of predators is scarier than a group of aliens. Let's get out of the way. Predators have better healing abilities and better prison recipes. You know, like, so I bet you, like, remember in the movie where he got, like, all the, oh, the concrete shit. and, like, healed, like, his arm with some shit with some powder? They'd sit there and be like, well, put some steak and it'd be like a steak or some mushroom. It's like, this tastes good. Like, and they're eating concrete. And all that tech they'd share with you, because you'd sit there eventually be like, how do you cloak Five stuff? Seconds. Like, I will teach you the ways. You must eat this. And aliens suck and predator for life. <laughs> and then, and then I'd get the, the, the tattoo. <laughs> wow. Okay. That turned yeah. out better than I hoped. That was, that was awesome. Good job, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> so some good points here. Uh, the prison raping, you start out really strong with that because we all know that like a face hugger literally just like throat fucks you. <laughs> and, like That's yeah. how the whole thing starts. Um, and the, just like the shock and awe of that going into a prison, knowing that that's a possibility is just like so, so scary. 
Um, stalking doesn't work so well in prison. That's good. No weapons, no cloaking. Oh, they could probably still cloak, but I think the weapons maybe is is there. Um, host Max, let's see what you had here. You said they can't be raped. <laughs> I'm going to scratch that. <laughs> I mentioned cloacas. I just thought that big post shot yeah. left. <laughs> Predator prison shanks would be cool. So I think they would take their weapons, but they would be able to create weapons um, on that point. Resourceful with making recipes. Good point there, because we all love that scene where he like fixes himself and then lets out the scream. Yeah, that was a good point. Yeah, that I was a great that. point. Um, you can't communicate with the xenomorphs, I thought was a really strong point as well. One predator can kill many aliens, yeah, but they don't have their weapons. Thank so, you. Yeah. I couldn't say that, it, yeah, but no, thank you. No, that, that one's In a scratch In this scenario, as well. they don't. I don't know about that. hand-to-hand combat, they how well a predator will will with their Back to Sean, though. Uh, you said that they'd be able to climb on walls, which I was hoping someone would bring up. Um, the only female in prison would be the queen. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, and better hugs. <laughs> they would give better. They give hugs. great hugs. Yes. Uh, wow. Hugs suck. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Both really good, really good uh, debates here. I have to give it to Team Predator, though. What the fuck? <laughs> because of nope. the tech, especially, and the recipes <laughs> in prison are the ones that got me. Everything else is kind of hit or miss, but the recipes and the tech. Prison recipes. Yeah. I'm in a slump, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you what. You're eat concrete. <laughs> I have to give it to I do, because when good you mentioned... Good game to both. Yeah. Good game, good game. GG. When you mentioned the uh, prison recipes, my mind immediately went to like, oh, you know, how, they, how do they make prison pizza? And exactly. All that crap. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like, it's like yeah. the fact that in the movie he even made it out of like drywall and like you said plaster and water yeah. and just like a little bit of some chemical. Yeah. And like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, good. guys. Well, I got a good good one here for you. It's a Florida or Australia. Hey, I've heard of that game. Hey, <laughs> this is the game where I read you a ridiculous story and then you guys tell me if you think it took place in Florida or Australia. I'd like to hear the numbers on how often it's Florida or Australia because I feel like it's right. always Australia. Right. No, actually, it's always uh, I've. I don't know. No, it's also I've Australia. been wrong the last few times on this. Yeah, I don't know. So, a man bought a moon rock from a garage sale. That's Florida. That sounds Florida, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the, more. Hey, moon, is it a real moon rock? Do we yeah, a crack rock is <laughs> yeah. more definitely Florida. Oh, no. This is a real rock from the moon. And he bought it at a garage sale. Florida. From someone's, some astronaut granddaughter. So here's how it all went down. For heroin, yeah. Yeah, heroin's Uh, involved. Definitely. So the man buys old plaques from garage sales and Mm. thrift stores, and he uses them to repair wooden gun stocks. He buys old plaques to to restore old wooden gun stocks. Yes. So, (laughs) (laughs) pretty fuck. Okay. So, yeah, your gun stock has a a big chip out of it, and you need a certain type of wood to kind of match it. So, this guy just buys a bunch of plaques, knowing that they're made of different woods and different colors and whatnot. And, um, I guess it's industrious. I just, yeah, it's a weird thing to like. In a good way. Anyway. Yeah, it's definitely niche, like yeah. you said. Uh, so he was recently going through a box of old plaques that he found, and he discovered that one of them had a rock on it mm-hmm. and a little placard on it. And just like, moon from moon from space. <laughs> rock from space. Yeah, so the, the placard said, quote, this fragment is a portion of rock from the Taurus Litro Valley of the moon. It was part of a larger rock composed of many particles of different shapes and sizes, a symbol of the unity of human endeavor and mankind's hope for a future of peace and harmony. Someone threw, someone threw that away. <laughs> I guess that's that's my whole thing. Is how the hell 
Someone just didn't read it. Yeah, how the hell does this get out of there? So, did this guy buy it in Florida or Australia? Actually, I forgot about that part of the. That's how good the. the, the, Um, even though I just said it's always happening in Australia, you know what? I should go with my gut because Florida. I'm gonna say Australia. Fuck it, because I think somehow it's weirder there. Because Florida, we would know NASA stuff, right? Versus Australia, it might be like, what's this, mate? I don't know, mate. And they they throw it. That's they made a lot. I was thinking since he's like a gunsock guy that there's a lot of gun stuff going on. So maybe there's a lot of hunters in Australia. I don't know. So I'm going to go with Australia. Maybe there's more gun stuff around okay, there. That's, okay. that's what I'm going So off you're both of. Australia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. You're both wrong. Uh, <laughs> I should have stayed in my gut. <laughs> so it was Florida. And it turns out the rock was collected in 1972 by the Apollo 17 mission. And it was later gifted to the state of Louisiana. Okay. Someone stole it. And then somehow it ended up in a fucking garage sale. Who's garage sale? Well, it could have been a thrift store, too. He doesn't necessarily know when he bought it. He thinks he might have bought it within the past 15 years. I see. Somewhere. Wow. Wow. I see. He just somehow got it. He probably stole it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good cover story. Oh, yeah. I found it at a garage sale. Ah, no, Who ago. knows? But yeah, that just blows my mind. Like, uh, this thing comes from space, and NASA gives it to the state, and the state's like, yeah, it's cool. And then somehow it just fucking ends up in someone's garage sale. Like some secretary somewhere just like yoink. Like that's cool. And you don't even read the inscription before you put it out. Like it's a fucking uh, rock from space. Wild. I think people just don't care sometimes. People don't care about space stuff. Does it affect their some people just doesn't affect their lives, so they don't care. They have their own bubbles, you know? Yeah, and I mean in the grand scheme of things, everything is from space. Like True. we are in space, so True. it doesn't matter. But still kind of fun. But still. So he contacted the state, and they directed him to the Louisiana State Museum, who, uh, quote, it's funny, when he's telling the story, he's like, uh, they wanted me to mail it to them. I said, I'm not mailing this thing out to you. I will hand deliver it. <laughs> and that's what I did. It's got lost once. For sure. Like, oh, just, you know, send, send this moon rock through the mail. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck you. Fuck I'll- that. <laughs> I will give it to you. I will drop this off to you. <laughs> and oh, I want my, my check. Like, I wonder how much this is worth. You know, we always Probably talk about not stuff. that much. That's I, what sucks. Yeah. I don't think it is. I don't It's, uh, it's, a sli- it's like a sliver, right? It's not like a huge. No, you're probably right. It's not a it plaque. Is, it's not it, like a, yeah, it's probably a pebble or something. Like if it was a baseball size, don't be like, oh, I mean, I mean, hey, trust me. I still like it. I'd want it. Right? I 100%. wish I found it at a thrift store. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I want, a, I want a piece of moon stuff. Yeah. So this is supposedly a first, a first in the, in the science terms, but uh, researchers have managed to keep tabs on one million different neurons in the brains of mice at one time. Okay. They, they kept tabs or could basically track or look at basically one million different neurons in the brain of a mouse for, at one time. And so this could be, you know, possibly one step closer to like basically brain scans. You know what I mean? Like just... Let's look. Let's see what's happening there, and then just like zo- like zoom out some you know minority port status or Star Trek status, and kind of get a scan going and see what's happening live. One million neurons. Yes, which is in the grand scheme of things not that many because I think your brain has probably but probably still, at least two million. No, in order to I think it's keep like track of them, I imagine that would take some sort of commuting computing power, right? Like I don't know how they're keeping track of it, but if they're just looking at these things, then. You know, whatever. But if the computer is tracking how they interact with each other, that's why. Like, I have a description of what they're doing, and I still don't necessarily know how they're looking at it. I'm assuming 
That was I don't know. I almost think someone. <laughs> I think someone puts. It sounds like an X-ray, but on crack. Like, okay. In my like, in my opinion, but I'll just tell you. Like, but I don't. I don't understand it myself. But anyway, so it's called light bead microscopy, and it improves on a current technique that we have for like doing brain scans and stuff, which is called two photon microscopy. And so what we currently can do is uh, we use lasers to trigger induced fluorescence in living cells. And, the, and as the cells are lit up, scientists can see how they're moving and interacting. So we can already do that in the two-photon one. But the, this light bead one, um, they can get the speed, scale, and resolution required to map uh, the mouse brain in a detail on, out of its neural exchanges. And so basically on, a, on, like on a grander scale, and it's just way, way better, honestly. And so... They basically, okay. they can see all the stuff happening like in near simultaneous, like in live in real time, basically, for as long as the light beads are able to stay illuminated. So I don't know what that means. These light beads, I don't know how they are illuminated, but for as long as they are, they can scan this brain. So I'll tell you more about it. I know it's confusing. I'm so confused. I read it a bunch of times. But um, so basically, what's cool, because we, like I said before, we can like do these brain scans already in theory, but they're not that good, honestly. Like we, we can either choose to, to zoom in and get enough detail, but miss what like out on the big pit picture of what's going on or we can zoom out and see like the whole picture of kind of what's happening in the brain with these scans but we don't we lose all this detail so and that's what the older method so this new one is like i said it's, it's so much better that we're actually able to see like a one, one million of these neurons acting at the same time at a bigger we can see the left side and the right side currently well you know what this reminds me of is um like uh movie uh camera technology because back in the day, in order to get someone focused in the foreground while still focusing on someone in the background, mm-hmm. you have to use like special lenses and there's always like a blur between the two people in that distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, we've developed technology to get everything crisp, like foreground and background. Yeah. And so that's kind of what this reminds me of. Exactly. Like they're still kind of honing in on it right now. And yeah. Fixing the, so that's so, so they, they hit this breakthrough of the one million neurons they're looking at the same time. And so here's supposedly what it does. It's like, so these light bead microscopy is able to overcome those limitations by removing the dead time between laser pulses, whatever that means. Using a cavity of mirrors, it splits each single pulse, strong pulse into 30 smaller subpulses of different strengths, which are then able to reach different depths while keeping the same level of fluorescence. What I take from this paragraph, because <laughs> I know everyone's like, what the fuck did I just say? It makes it sound like to me that they just... Put someone's head in a helmet full of like lights or something, and I'm assuming somehow it fluoresces shit. And it, and and normally they just were like doing it like one on one side, one on the other. And then at this point they're like, what if we just did somehow smaller ones and bigger ones that still like catch the light every time we do it, and it like reflects it back on. I don't know, but it's somehow they improved upon it already, and so it's they're able to track. They said they demonstrated they, the technique to track one million neurons at once in a mouse brain. All right. Still, it's like basically a deeper, faster look at what's happening. And that's what's cool, too. You can see like live, supposedly with this. So let's say this stuff, you know, is refined a year or two from now. Maybe I could be scanning your brain with this and be like, think of ice cream. And then I can maybe I could see this side of your brain do this. But maybe somehow the right side would do something, too. And before they could only zoom in on like this section of you or this section. And now they kind of. Like you said, like kind of like zoom out and see it in kind of greater detail, supposedly. Yeah. So it, I guess it just sounds like an improvement of the technology. It's not necessarily new. New. It is an improvement. Actually, I like what this guy said. Like, there's no good reason why we didn't do this five years ago. No one thought of it. <laughs> okay. So I guess basically whatever they were doing, some guy was like, let's put 30 sub mirrors 
whatever the whatever uh, they're doing because like are the mirrors in your head like i don't know where the mirrors are how are they making things fluoresce but someone decided to add 30 more sub ones and it's making shit way better to like to see neurons and so obviously interpreting and understanding these this neural activity could be a way to like basically study people's brains and stuff going forward and this reminded me of the Elon Musk and the and the banana shake monkey thing who was playing the game with his uh, Neuralink. Neuralink. Thank you very yeah. much. I couldn't think of the name honestly. Thank you. So like and that thing like interprets brain data. Same thing. Like think of ice cream that it records what your brain did, uh-huh. and then every time you go ice cream, it sends it to that link and it goes okay, and then it shows you a picture of ice cream. But if we have now a better scanning system, possibly it could be even maybe more complex sentences or who knows what. So I like, basically I like the idea that they're looking at more of the bigger picture all at once now. <laughs> when when you said like think of ice cream and then you know it translates. I'm thinking how do you how do you do that with a monkey? Like you hook it up and then it just kind of tell it to think of this or give expose it to certain things mm-hmm. and then uh, maybe output that to emojis. Oh okay, yeah exactly. You know, and then immediately it was like like sex emoji. Like you know like, yeah, you get a woman, then you get the uh, eggplant, and then you get squirt. Yeah, and like, the, yeah exactly. oh, okay, we know what he, he wants. Oh, sex, we know what it wants. Yeah. Monkey goes, oh, I get a grape if I fuck right now. Okay, perfect. Yeah, then banana, banana, banana. Banana, banana. <laughs> so is there any future to this? Like, No, I mean, all the mouse die. They all killed everyone. They <laughs> set fire to all the scientists at the end. But um, I'm assuming, you know, it's always at the end. It's like, more study is needed, blah, 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 blah. But it, oh, it was like a it was the first. The first time they tracked one million neurons at once. So... You know, hopefully I talk to you in two years from now and it's one billion neurons. Hey. One trillion. Guinness Corner. Guinness Corner. <laughs> so I got a story here about potty trained cows. Have you heard about this? No. <laughs> I, I thought I, I think I read like the title and I can extrapolate but that no. So I don't right. know what any of this <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. It's pretty on the head. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> I'm assuming one. if you pee in a toilet it's better for environment for whatever reasons. Well, well I mean, we talked about pee earlier, right? I guess Pee sucks. Dude, Earth, we've been like peeing all on the Earth forever. Now it's like, don't be peeing on the Earth. <laughs> well, what with they're saying with, your system. Yeah, with yeah, drugs yeah. in your system. That's What's the whole the issue. Fucking point of being on the Earth. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta like, pee some drugs out. Someone argued not to do drugs, but I don't know. <laughs> to each their own. It's fucking, it's fucking planet. So, researchers at the University of Auckland and others have successfully potty trained cows. Thank God. So here's the deal. It all started with a radio interview back in 2007. And uh, they were discussing the harm of cow urine and poop on the environment in that um, the cows are taking too much ecstasy. And when they poop. <laughs> and the cocaine. like they just Now, so uh, just the abundance of cow poop and urine um, in certain environments can create ammonia and methane gas and... Um, magic if mushrooms. Not, yeah, and magic mushrooms for sure. And if not dealt with correctly, then uh, leaks into the atmosphere and it's basically a, a, a greenhouse gas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was back in 2007. And the host was like, hey, why not just potty train the cows? And what does that do? Because, like, is it, is it going to go the same areas? Like, I don't understand. Like, what are they going to do with it? Like, the whole point is like the methane gets out to the atmosphere, but they're gonna like put it in a toilet and flush it and that Well and treat it and, and love it. And if stuff. you can train cows to poop and pee in a certain spot, such as an indoor environment that is regulated for collecting methane and ammonia and whatnot. Oh, and like just like, you, you can dispose of it? Yeah, then you can yeah, because I mean ammonia is um 
a chemical that is widely used in industries and whatnot. So I'm sure farmers would love to make a buck off of their uh, their Cow cow's pee. pee. Oh, yeah. I see. Like literally just extract the ammonia from from the pee because it's all in one spot. So instead of just peeing everywhere willy nilly now, now we got to harvest this liquid gold pee. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So twelve calves uh, will now pee and poop in a specific location rather than wherever they want. Um, they initially, here's how they conducted the, uh, study is they confined 16 calves in a potty stall, or as they call it, the Mulu. Uh, <laughs> thought that was fun. They signed it so <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> so they confined them in this stall and every time they made, uh, they were given a treat. Okay. And so eventually the cows started expecting the treat and, um, you know, so once they once they peed and then they looked to the side to the, to the door before the treat came, scientists realized, all right, now they're expecting it. Awesome. Yeah. So they released them from the Mulu and gave them a little more room to walk around. And I believe um, uh, they, they, they beat all the cows because they're like one went to, one went to the bathroom outside the Mulu, and then the <laughs> scientists made an example of one. Then they're like, oh. Moo, I get it. Okay, go <laughs> yeah. go to the toilet. Let's go over here. Well, you're not wrong about that. They did have to make an example out of something. They did punish oh. them. Oh, <laughs> God. How do you punish it? got dark. <laughs> it did. Well, execution, right? Just a little <laughs> stun, a little stun. <laughs> just a little. A little, just, one, a little. just a little bit. No, they, they punish them like you do with your cat. You know, yeah. a little uh, spray bottle of water. What? Cows don't like that? Well, I mean, it's not, it's not the most pleasant thing. I'm, I'm sure it doesn't <laughs> affect them. <laughs> like, they're not the like... Pleasant. Opening up an eyelid and like, I right, receive your punishment. <laughs> just a backhand. Just a backhand oh, to, the, back to, the, to, the, to the cow. Um, so stupid. So, yeah, if a cow relieved itself, they would chastise it with a spritz of water. Okay. And after a few trials, about 10 cows started walking to the Mulu to do their business. I hate that name. Okay. <laughs> <but> yeah. Uh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Other researchers that the cows, uh, or excuse me, other researchers taught cows how to pee in specific locations uh, way back when. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time it's kind of been done um, with a specific device that can possibly collect it and whatnot. So it's kind of interesting as far as the uh, the applications for farmers. The far- yeah, and like you can, I guess it's recycling on some level. And then, you know, it's getting rid of these gases that are harming the, the, the ice and the Antarctica's and stuff, I guess. Yeah, and it's proving that cows, uh, we can rely on their intelligence to help us solve some of these problems that we're having rather than just straight up eating them, you know, and assuming they're just dumb creatures because they are somewhat smart. I don't want to think that. I know. I know. In fact, let's Is take away this power. So, yeah, right. so they did. Yeah. Don't name them. Um, I thought this was interesting. Cows recognize people faster than pigs do, and pigs are considered a smart animal. That's true. Wow. Well, how do you f- faster? What the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> I think what that look, means. Look, look, you saw him. Look, you saw him. Write that down. Like, fucking, that one was way faster than the pig. <laughs> so, like, cover your face, and then, like, okay, ready? One, two, three. Oh, it's George. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, send George in. And you sure, like, Moo, oink, 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 oink. He's like, see, see, see. And then the moo came first, way first. I think it's exactly how it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, probably you know. taller. Bunch is fucking taller, a cow is. Oh, I can see the goddamn guy. 
person. I fucking pig wait. I'm like, huh, what? Who is that? I always see your balls and like your feet. And like, oh, oh it, it is George. Cause he came right up to me. <laughs> fucking the cow from like across the field can see your ass. Oh, George coming with my pee collector. Bitch. <laughs> 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 Uh, so, you know, that's fun, but some critics do point out that uh, potty trading hundreds of cows could be a- manually <laughs> could be a bit of a feat. You really have to be a huge, big example of, <laughs> like, I'm going to kill a motherfucker right in front of all these guys. Hang his carcass. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. He's all alive, like, don't shit out the field. I did it once. Not worth it. Yeah, and uh, another thing that was cited here, another problem, is that cows will have longer distances to travel in real world scenarios. You know, if they're out in the pasture. Yeah, they can't yeah, the toilets can't be ever so you almost like to teach the cow like poo here if you can, but it's okay right here. Right there is okay and wherever you want. Maybe they could bring, or, bring a target with them everywhere. A target? Like a, it's on a frisbee, right? You go pee right there, you son of a bitches and then they all <laughs> throw it right there and they pee right there. So on the, when they're herding the cows, they're like, all oh, right there. I don't know if that's gonna make a difference. I imagine this system is more uh akin to like you gotta you gotta install plumbing, and you know you gotta you gotta yeah, have a, we, we a move ditch and yeah, yeah, exactly. Bit of a process here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also thinking like, why not just build multiple stalls? Why not build multiple mulus around the location? Because they were talking about cows will have to like muscle past other cows to get to the mulu. I hate it. I'm sitting there like I was thinking like, <laughs> how about a bovine bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> the bovine room? Yes. Ooh, a yeah, that's good. A bovath, yeah, yours is better. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's good. That's good. The Mulu room. I want to kill myself hearing that and saying it. But <laughs> well, that's cool. I hope one day I can learn to pee and poop in the same spot. I'll tell you what. Uh, it it having you over here on a weekly basis is a fucking challenge mm-hmm. for that. But I you know, we I we bought you that shuffle and scoop. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't. Makes it ex- easier. I really wasn't expecting the amount. You know, like Silver the sheer plated. volume was really surprising. <laughs> it is. It surprised most people. <laughs> <laughs> so you do it a lot, <laughs> as much as I get away. From it. Um, I don't have any friends. Okay, so we're always talking about uh, people finding treasures, and so this is another. Do you have this story? No, but I love our treasure okay, stories. Okay, okay. <laughs> Give some, me that look. I have that story look. Some random old man has a bunch of gold bullion he collected way back when and decides to hide it in the middle of the woods and release riddles online. Like, <laughs> sign me up. For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. I forget that one. Yeah. And they found that treasure. Yeah. This yeah. is more just like a truly like an undiscovered treasure to right now. So anyway, so two amateur divers were swimming along the Spanish coast and they discovered a, a hoard of coins that are 1,500 years old. And it's the largest collection of Roman coins in Europe, and they just uh, found it. That's too bad. Wow. What? What? <laughs> well, you're you're telling me about it, so yeah. I'm guessing they they contacted the appropriate authorities rather than like, I if I found that, I would absolutely, you know, I'd probably set some aside for the museum. But in the meantime, uh, I'm gonna buy a home forge, melt them down. <laughs> yeah, it actually, it's funny. You already like, you basically jumped ahead to like like this next paragraph is like. I already have the same idea where it's like, yeah, why are we talking about this? This should be a secret thing. Yeah, no one should ever know about this. Yeah, exactly. But uh, here's what they did, these nice guys, these guys, guys. <laughs> so the divers, brothers-in-law, uh, let's see, Louis Lenz Pardo and Cesar Gimeno Alcala discovered the gold stash while vacationing with their families in Zabia, a coastal Mediterranean town. Okay. And so the duo rented snorkeling equipment so they can go free diving with the goal of picking up trash. 
Ah, very that noble was, gesture. Yeah, nice of them, okay. right? And then, um, and then basically, uh, one of the guys they noticed a glimmer like at the bottom, so they went to investigate, and he found a coin. Uh, there was a there was a coin, and it was in a small hole like a bottleneck. One of them said, and so after cleaning the coin, they saw that it had ancient image on it, like a Greek or Roman face. So then the other guy, so then they got back up and they went back down and they free dive some more to the hole with a Swiss army knife and using the corkscrew, they got eight more coins out. They got eight coins in total okay. off the bottom. Okay. And so they got eight coins, eight gold coins, Roman coins. And um, then it says the next, uh, the next day they reported it to the authorities. Yeah. So let's just pause right there. Yeah. What are we doing guys? I mean, there's what something to be doing, said guys? about being noble and not being like Indiana Jones. You know, like Indiana it Jones is, is all about, you... it belongs in a museum, but in the meantime, I'm going to rob your your country's natural history and put it, it in my museum. Like, so there's something to be said there about being noble and doing the right thing. It's Roman coins and they're in Spain. Like, <laughs> there's no Romans. But at the same time, how many stories have we read here where someone finds something that's worth a lot of money and then the government's like, Ah, you know what? That belongs to us. That's us now. Yeah, yeah for fine, sure. Thank you for your thank you for your effort. Kick rocks. Yeah. So I so said the brothers found eight. The brothers-in-law they found eight coins, and they went to the authorities the next day. And uh, yeah, they took eight coins that they found and put them in a glass jar of some seawater. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> that made me laugh. They put them in a good seawater. Just I, that's probably maybe a smart were, move. Maybe yeah. Considering maybe like they've, been they've been there in seawater, so maybe exposing them to oxygen. Would You're right. Be that's actually a good idea. Like maybe they've been in there for a long. Yeah. They seem to be fine there. Keep them in their natural environment. Yeah. And then yeah, soon a team of archaeologists uh, from the university came to excavate the area where they found them, and they found uh, 53 gold coins. Dating back from AD 364 to 408, or like I said, 1,500 oh, years. wow. Like, yeah, 1,500 years ago. And each coin- These fucking idiots should have gone back to the dive shop and got scuba diving equipment. No <laughs> kidding. Because I love how they rented everything. Like, there's no one No one on paper knows they found shit. Like, yes. They rented this equipment. They're there to clean up trash. They're on vacation. You find treasure. You could put that in your, some up your ass and get yeah. home. Like, Honey, no one why knows. Is, why does your luggage weigh 20 more pounds? No fucking reason. Don't you worry about it. You must think that you couldn't get <laughs> it. Tell you when we get home. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We're thinking in our heads, like, because they probably live, I don't know where they live, right? But as I said, like, if we got to try to get it home in America, how would you get, like, gold coins home in America? Like, I don't know if you could. I don't know hard. if you'd be able to pass customs with something like that. I don't know either how you'd do that. Uh, but anyway, each coin is 4.5 grams. Okay. Of of gold. So I'm like, I don't. I'm not sure how much a gram of gold goes right now, but like, isn't that a lot? Price of one gram of gold. Four point five grams each, and they found eight. One gram of gold is worth fifty six dollars. Oh. Okay, so it's really not that so much. Each coin was two hundred dollars. Like two hundred bucks, right? basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, you're not going to retire on this find. That's true. Unless That's you true. pull up all fifty something. That's true. Like, damn, I was hoping it'd be like bajillions. Right, <laughs> like, right. I mean, still, yeah, it's still a good amount. Like, you know, a couple thousand dollars. I mean, I would have melted their ass down. And, like, basically, like you said before, like, I would have found all these coins, cleaned them up, like, wow, these are awesome. Because they even, like, they're so well preserved. Um, the coins were so well preserved, uh, archaeologists could easily read their inscriptions. And like, one of them said, it's like they were made yesterday. Ooh, very That's cool. How preserved they were, these gold fucking coins, man. But and yeah. they were under some sediment or something? They said they were like at the bottom of a bottlenecked hole. It was in a small hole like a bottleneck. Well, you always hear about- 1,500 years, bro. Like things being mummified under uh, the ocean's uh, uh, like sediment layer. That's true. Yeah, you because know, it, it acts as an oxygen barrier. It acts as like an airtight seal to everything. Mm-hmm. So things tend to last longer. 
That's fucking. It's, it's crazy, so crazy that it was since they were free diving too. It's not like it was extremely deep either. Right. Yeah. Like I was I was uh, expecting scuba diving at first. For sure. Yeah, free diving. It's That's like a you good would, point. Especially if there's a shop nearby to rent shit, you would yeah. think that people have seen that before. Maybe they just. I don't know. It, Maybe uh, they were scared to take it, or they just didn't know what no, it was. Or... A gold coin. I would never be scared. To I don't know. Gold <laughs> coin off the open <laughs> bottom of the ocean. <laughs> but like laws are laws are pretty tight with taking stuff out of the ocean, though. Like gone are the yeah. days where you can just go find something take and pull it out. Want. Yeah, and say it's yours. True but... that. But I have a feeling they didn't look like gold coins until like probably in the right light, and they glinted or something. Yeah, was, they probably just were grimy and stuff. Like once they cleaned up, they were shiny gold coins, but. Just for like years under the ocean, I just imagine it'd be grimy of some sort. So I wonder, are these guys going down in history in some way? Like when these coins are exhibited at a museum and there's a plaque next to it with the history of the gold coins, will their so. name be there or will it be Probably like, ah, oh, the University of Westchester found it? You it know what I mean? the largest like, collection in the Dive right shop now. will take credit for it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Jack's dive shop. <laughs> So like, and so here are like all the emperors that were on these coins. Even so, like they, there was Valentinian the first. There was three coins. Valentinian the second, seven coins. Theodosius, fifteen coins. Arcadius, seventeen coins. Honorus, Honorus, ten coins, and an unidentified coins that was scratched off. I don't know why that means. I don't know, right? I don't know why. I was like, Ooh, someone was mad. Yeah, like what is this mystery coin against some mystery emperor everyone hated? But see right there, I'd clean them all up and see how it says there was like 17 in one of the coins. I'd keep 16 and be like, oh, I found one coin. I found one. And I find here's one collection of each. I don't even... I'd keep the rest, melt them down, maybe one for sentimental value because it is fucked up that it's like a Roman awesome thing. Okay, and it's not that it's not worth that much. True. Okay, if it was, if worth it was yeah, it's. Would you really melt them down there? Or would you just keep no. it as it is and put it in a? Pla- it's probably a worth case more as is. Honestly, I agree. Yeah, yeah. it'd be stupid for two hundred bucks it. a coin. I'll fuck it. I mean, yeah, yeah. It'd exactly. Be way Maybe more if like, I really here's an authentic Roman coin, people would probably be a thousand. Yeah, but then you can't. Then you're grave robbing. To a right collector, you could resell it for you way find, more. Man, it's hard to. Treasure's hard. Well, that's you what the, the treasure. How do you sell the motherfucker? That's what the dark web's all about. I know. Even true. then, you got to like reach the dark web, not the like mushroom slinging dark web. <laughs> the dark, dark web. Yeah. Dark, bro. <laughs> um. So, um. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so the archaeologists said they haven't found any evidence of a nearby sunken ship. So it's possible that someone purposely buried the treasure here, possibly to hide it from the barbarians. Fucking barbarians. Wow. Yeah, dude. So they're thinking like a, a landowner gathered up gold coins. Which did not circulate at, as regular money at that time, but were collected as family like signs of wealth and had them buried in a chest. Oh, I forgot to read that part. They also, besides the coins, they found um, three nails likely made of copper and a deteriorated lead remains of what may have been a sea chest that held the riches. Oh. So it was the bones of the chest, basically, wow. too. That's where cool. it was. So, yeah, so even though it was some hole that he's had, like a, a weird out hole, I guess there was a chest there. Who knows? I like, bet these guys, I bet the, the original people with these coins were like sailing into town and they're like, fucking Johnny's here and I owe Johnny a bunch of money. You know, I dump this shit over the side. We'll come back for it. And then once they got to down, Johnny's like, you don't have my money? And he just killed him. Exactly. And that's the what, coins just stayed that's, there. Of course. That's basically what always has to happen in these. When someone finds a stash of gold coins, someone stashed it thinking they're going to come back and then they died. And then, but I just like how someone did that. Like, oh, I'll just stash it here really quick. You know, I'll come back for it later. 1,500 years later, finally, oh, here it is. Oh, found it. Nah. And so, yeah, now the, the government's looking more in that area for more shit, basically. Very cool. But yeah, dude. Treasure. Yeah. Don't, don't report to the government. Okay, so do we have the names of these guys, or do they want to be anonymous? No, they, I said that it was their Spanish names. So I didn't say them very well, but like they were, they were said earlier. 
Because if they're not going to get recognition from anywhere else, might as well give them some love here. Yeah, dude. It was Luis Lenz Pardo and Cesar Gimeno Alcala. Hey, good job, Luis. Stand up, man. Yeah. Although maybe they did find like fifty other coins, and this, those are the ones they turned in. Fuck yeah, good <laughs> maybe, for them. Maybe, maybe, and if so, more power to you. I would, because I would come on, come on. I mean, I do love the idea of just keeping one for myself. Like you have to keep one, like because yeah, you probably can't even keep the eight they found. Yeah, come on, man. There has to be some <laughs> finders keep. And when I'm king, finders keepers, but don't be keeping all of it. Like you gotta give me a, like you find a gold treasure. I want as the king to look at it and i'll take some pieces but I'll, I'll i'll even as a king say kingly you get to have most of it but i want some kingly pieces and then if they're so good i'll have you killed later but like <laughs> but otherwise like I, I think you should be able to keep some you found it otherwise no it would be gone forever anyway yeah now i think you're onto something there and Thanks. i agree with you when i'm king when i'm king all right thank you for listening to this episode wait oh I have a surprise. <gasps> What's happening? We're going to do a surprise game. No oh, my God. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. So have you guys ever heard of a game called, like, will you push the button or push the button or anything of that sort? No. no. Okay. So the basis of this game is, like, you can play it online. It's you push the button. Something good is going to happen oh, to you. Oh, yes. But something bad is going to happen yes. to you. Okay. So the way we're going to play is we'll roll to see who goes first. You guys Rochambeau or something. And I, I'm going to play it on my phone with you guys, and I'm going to have my screen covered, so I'm only going to be reading you guys the bad prompt. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then you're going to decide if you're going to push the button. Oh, okay. Uh, then That's once you right. do that, we'll reveal the prompt, and I, the judge, will be will tell you if you made the right decision or the wrong decision. Okay. <laughs> also known as a dub, a win, or an L. I say, is this subjective though, based on like what you think is the right what decision? I think is yeah. The right decision. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I'll go. We'll go through That's it logically. Bit. It's called and when, L. And when I say it to you, you can talk through it, like to kind of get your logic out. You know. So fair enough. Yeah, and we'll do like first to three wins. And uh, you guys can Rochambeau to see who goes first. I'm going to get something to block my screen. Rochambeau throw. Aha, motherfucker. Motherfuckers. I threw paper. Okay, who won that? I'm sorry. I did. Okay, so you're going to go first. No, that sounds good. Okay, here we go. So first to three wins, and he has the advantage going first. Okay, Okay, let's do it. Okay, so here's your prompt. You push the button. Something happens. We don't know. But so can everyone else. I push this button. Something happens? Yeah, so something good's going to happen to you oh. that we don't know. Okay. But so can everyone else is the bad prompt. That's probably something oh. bad. So you can think about it. Take your okay, time. Okay, well. But do you push the button? Um, But so can everybody else. You know what? Yeah. That means that it's elevating me somehow. Like, you can fly, but so can everybody else. Like, what do I give a shit if everybody else can do it too? I can yeah. still do it. And I guess we're all on equal f- playing fields at that time. So let's let's push the button. All right. So I you push the button. Okay. So you can get away with anything, but so can everyone else. Oh, well, that's that's an L. That's an L. <laughs> that's an L. Okay. The world would be an absolute fucking chaos. <laughs> well, that's an L. All right. All right, Max. Let me refresh okay. here. So you push the button. Something happens. We don't know uh-huh. what, but. All other countries of the world close their borders to you and do not interact with you. I never fucking travel anyway. I'm pushing that button. So you push the button. You're now the leader of a prosperous country, the citizens of which revere you. Well, that's a dub. That, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a dub. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so that's one point. Hell yeah. Okay. Okay. You got an easy one, I think. Yeah. I'd say so. <laughs> I knew yours was no. I already got two W's. 
All right. Ooh, this one kind of gives you a clue in, in the, the bad part. Hoshan, when yes. you push the button, something happens, but the dragon has separation anxiety issues going on destructive rampages when left alone. Oh, <laughs> Fucking, um... I guess we assume what the other one <laughs> yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to push the button. Okay, so the button, I'm assuming, is you get a dragon. Oh, yeah. You get a loyal pet dragon capable of flight, fire breathing, and full understanding of human languages. But, as we know, yeah. separation anxiety destructive. That's a dub. You yeah. made the right decision. It's like, yeah, it's a basic dragon. <laughs> Except it's it's like a... <laughs> Except you get all the liability of it. <laughs> you never leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. I'd still say I'd just fuck on the dragon. But okay, that's it. All right. That's my life now. <laughs> back, back to host That's just like owning a dog, I feel like. It's the same shit. <laughs> okay. You push the button, something happens, but... You will never be able to get halfway, and teammates in multiplayer games will always hate you. <laughs> <laughs> halfway. I feel like that's my life already. <laughs> what is it? Like, I'll never get halfway, and... You will, e- you will never be able to get halfway, and teammates in multiplayer games will always hate you. I want to push it. So you push the button. Yeah. You can play any game you like whenever you want. But you'll never be able to get halfway. And that's a that's an L. <laughs> that's your you'll life now. Be, you'll never beat it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's people L. do that all the time. Back to host shot. Let me refresh right. here. You push the button, something happens, but the works of art will never be known to anyone but you. Oh, um, oh, that makes me an expert in my field, though. Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, no, you don't push the button. No. You can create brilliant works of art that would be guaranteed to astound people, but the works of art will never be known to anyone but you. You made the right decision. That's a dub. I, mean, I don't know about that one. <laughs> That's a dub. I mean, because Banksy is somewhat anonymous, but you know, you still know him well, as Well, art is all for expression to show other people, right? Yeah. Like putting yourself out there and everything. Yeah, that's a dub. So he's... Yeah, and as a designer artist, I, I cannot abide by that. Okay. Host Max, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Wow. So you push the button, something happens, but you die immediately. <laughs> Can I push it twice? The button? <laughs> I don't know how to judge this one. Oh <laughs> like, I mean, no matter what it is. I mean, unless it's maybe like you have the ability to go back to life. <laughs> but it's like, I'm going to not push this button. So you don't push I, the button. If I you think... would have pushed the button, Wuss. you end pover- poverty, starvation, and discrimination everywhere. Fuck that shit. I want that. I love but that stuff. But you die man. immediately. You <laughs> didn't push it. Stuff. I mean, I'm probe. I don't want to see you die, poverty. so that's a dub. <laughs> that's an easy dub. I've been in poverty my whole life. I love it. Some people would question <laughs> that, but I say it's a dub. All right, Hoshan, you can win this with this one. All right, let's do it. There you go. All right. You push the button, something happens, but you will still be the same person. Also, you will be branded as an outsider and avoided by most. Same person. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I had the money, I would live in the woods and not talk to anybody right now. Like, yeah. Okay. So let's push that button. All right. You push the button. You get to go live in a fictional world of your choosing. What? You'll be the same person. Also, you'll be branded as an outsider and avoided by most. Uh, uh, but I still get to pick the world. Yeah. So I could pick a world where that makes sense, right? Uh, I guess. I still think this is a I mean, you'd be an outsider okay. in, Harry, <laughs> right. in Harry Potter. But an outsider. So, like, 
It'd be a wizard that no other. You wouldn't be able to with. see any of the world you if you're an outsider. You could just fuck with the muggles. I mean, I guess you could be your own adventurer though, or something, and like that's almost anime start. Uh, Everyone hates I you. I don't know about this one. Fucking Naruto. <laughs> Fucking no one likes his ass in the beginning and shunned from the village. I just have to pick a world that's not gonna like come after me for being the stranger. You know what I mean? Like they just leave me alone. Yeah. Um. Fuck that one's tough. Um. I'll say it was a dub. Yeah, because <laughs> you could just make your own path and do your own thing. Like if I lived in Lord of the Rings, but I was like a, a my own, my own solo adventure, that'd be still cool. I think I don't know. Woo, woo. No one would like you. Like, <laughs> well, like you well, get said no... you'd be avoided by most. It doesn't say no one. Just... By most? Well, that's like most. You get like oh, a small yeah, it's group. Not of, everyone. You get yeah. a small grant band of. But your Brandon the, is the an fellow... outsider. Who cares? The fellowship. Yeah. I mean, lots of main characters, like you said, were outsiders at first. And that's and... all it really is. Pretty much every time you come into a bar, it's like, oh, it's that outsider. All right, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. Oh, hey, outsider. <laughs> bar? No, yeah. And you're more mysterious. Yeah, exactly. Well, oh, there the... you go. Hoshan's the winner. Yay! Yay! Finally won something. <laughs> GG's, boys. GG. Oh, thanks GG. for the game, man. Of course. All right, well, yeah, make sure to tune in next time when Max tells you what other games he failed at the first time he played. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. Hey, thanks for joining us on Better Than Most Things. Keep in mind that we are enthusiasts, not experts. If you want to know more about the topics we discussed, we encourage you to research them yourself and let us know if we missed anything. Submit your questions or interesting topics to our Discord. For all the latest updates, subscribe to our Twitter and Instagram, both at btmt underscore podcast. And please rate and subscribe on your podcast app. 